Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I hope and trust that you are all well. Before I get started, I would like to give a very special shout-out to the Reform members of Back to Ashes. Through scrutiny, Samantha Place, Lisa Radford, Tina Meade, Stephanie McLaren, Corpse Lover, Mana Ash, Normie D.W., Chrissy Elias, Cindy Cleveland, and Patty's niece. If you would like to become a member of Back to Ashes, all that information can be found below in the description box. Also, I'd like to give a huge thank you for all that has donated to my GoFundMe to hopefully get me out of this condemned home. If you feel the need to, my GoFundMe is still active and is also linked in the description below. Thank you so much. Now, with all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For once we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, better, stronger, and happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in to get warm and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Breakin' Horror Stories. Right after this intro and ad will play, I'll read the first story and ad will play, and after that there will be no more ads within this video. A few years back, I'd moved into an apartment during the evening and night and then got up the next morning to start unpacking. My roommate had said she was thinking about stopping by at some point to drop off some stuff. So, when I was in my room and heard someone at the front door, I thought, oh, that must be Katie. It sounded like she was struggling, and I figured she just had her hands full. I went to the door, and I honestly have no idea why I didn't just open it. But something stopped me, and I looked through the peephole. Some man was trying to break in. I froze, my hand on the deadbolt, until he gave up a few seconds later and walked away. For about a year, I lived in a house with four housemates. We had a pretty big backyard with a garage and a tool shed that we never used, ever. We also had motion detector lights. Two of my housemates were very superstitious and believed in ghosts and spirits and such. They also liked to get high on different substances. The lights in our backyard would go off randomly. I assumed it was animals. My housemates were sure it was a ghost. One of them told us she'd seen a man ghost looking through our window when she was high on shrooms. They thought it was scary. I thought nothing of it because, well, yeah. A few nights later, drunk me thought I saw a man through the mesh door in the backyard. I just thought my mind was playing tricks on me because of my housemates and them kept telling me about the ghost. Eventually, I moved out to go back to my home country and about six months after that, I FaceTimed with one of the housemates. Well, it turns out it hadn't been a ghost. A homeless man had been living in our tool shed for God knows how long. It gave me the creeps for sure. This happened about an hour ago. It is not nearly as bad as some of them, but I'm still shaken up. It was roughly 9.30 p.m., it's a Tuesday night. Nothing ever happens on Tuesdays. I went downstairs to get my dog so she could sleep in the bed with me. I said goodnight to my parents, got my meds, and got a glass of water. I set the cup down and turned the lights off, totally forgetting about the glass of water. I placed my dog in my bed. I turned on my laptop, and I realized I left my water downstairs. I went back down to get it, and I saw a car pull up through my kitchen window. I thought it was my older sister, but she was staying at a friend's house. I looked out, and it was a small, compact car with, from what I could see, two men inside. I had no clue who they were, so I began to stress out. I decided to get a closer look, making sure I couldn't be spotted. I'm a small guy, five foot five and I'm weak as hell. A 14-year-old kid can't take on two tall and buff-looking men. I saw something in the back of the car, but couldn't quite make out what it was. 
I snapped myself out of it and grabbed my water. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw one of them get out and walk towards the house. I lost it at that point and ran to my parents' room. I asked, Who's outside? My dad was confused and said, Is it your sister? I shook my head. I told him that we don't know them. They weren't our neighbors. Plus, their houses are walking distance. There's no reason they'd need a car. He got up and my mom followed. They looked out to the front door and saw a tall man in a gray Under Armour hoodie walking up, carrying something. My dad instantly went out there and freaked out at the guy. My mom rushed me upstairs and had her phone at the ready. I went to my room, still holding my water. I have no clue what happened. To those two guys who creepily drove up to my house when it was pitch black outside. I hope you got arrested and we don't see you again. So, I worked the night shift at a point from 11 at night until 8 in the morning. One morning, a few months back, I came home, and when I pulled in the drive, I noticed my storm door was open, so I knew someone had came by. Then, my dog came strolling around the corner, wanting to be led inside. So, I knew someone not only came by, but they had gotten in. Upon going into the house, I noticed some strange stuff. The first thing I noticed was my TV. See, I always leave a movie on repeat for my dog at night, so she has some kind of light and noise. Well, someone had changed the movie. It was on the title screen. The movie was Predators, the remake one, with Adrian Brody and Eric from that 70s show. I then noticed a garbage bag full of random clothing on my couch. It had a pair of pants, socks, a couple shirts, and a pair of work boots and shoes. The boots were size 13, so the dude was fairly big, I guessed. Inside the pants were fishing lures and a box of condoms. As I investigated more, I noticed that all my Hot Pockets and frozen pizzas, and basically all my snack foods, were eaten. I then noticed a chair in the middle of the kitchen with short brown hairs all around it and my clippers plugged in my kitchen counter and a set of keys were gone. So, all in all, someone broke into my house, let my dog out, cut their hair with my clippers in my kitchen, watched a movie, ate all my food, and left a bag of crap there. I guess the joke's on them, though, since I used those clippers to shave my man parts. Still weird, though. Never found out who did that. When I was in college out of state, I stayed up at college over the summer, subletting from a friend with some friends. Good times. I was working a late afternoon slash night shift at the time, so I was at home at around 2 p.m. during the day and living with a bunch of college friends. People were in and out all of the time. I think I was watching something at the time, but... I started hearing some banging and figured a housemate came home at an odd time and didn't think much of it. As the banging got progressively louder, I decided maybe they were locked out or something and didn't have their phone because it was really getting loud. Turns out there was a guy actively breaking into my house through the back door. Threw on some shoes. To run, you just never know. Grabbed my phone and my earbuds, the ones with the mic, so I could call the police hands-free and chilled by the other door so I could bolt. The guy finally made it in and saw me as I was actively talking to the dispatcher and bolted. I gave a description, heard some sirens, gave a statement. Landlords essentially nailed the back door shut until they could fix the frame and install a new deadbolt. First, we will need context. 
My old house was pretty pumped up on security. We had finger ID, passcodes on doors, cameras everywhere, an automatic security system that could call the police or play fake. The cops have been called, blah, blah, blah. This story happened a few years ago. My dad noticed a weird-looking man pretty covered up lurking on the street just outside our house. We thought nothing of it since sometimes you get the occasional drunk or high person wandering around. But this man started to inch closer to our house. First being on the opposite side of our street, then before we knew it, being basically right on our property. We just sort of watched him to see what he would do. I'm pretty sure we got bored and walked away and just forgot. Then we started to hear strange noises coming from downstairs, where our front door originally was. We decided to switch on the camera, and sure enough, this guy is banging on our door, trying to get in. Then he looks through our window. He gives up and then starts to go around the side. There was a set of stairs that led to the upper area where we were. He starts to head up the stairs, which sent my dad to go to the side of the house where he was, with a knife, and scream at him. This guy runs, and we don't see him again. That's the end, right? Wrong. This guy comes back again. I guess he saw that the car was gone from the driveway. My dad had gone to get something, leaving me and my mom behind, and looks around. We did not want to confront this guy, so I had the idea of playing the fake cop alert that could be heard outside. So we played it, and as soon as this guy heard it, he ran. Never saw him again, and never want to. What makes this story creepier is on the news later. It showed a guy who lurked around houses and killed people. He had been arrested. It was the same man who was at our house. Okay, so this happened maybe 15 years ago, but to this day, I cannot live in a ground floor building. When I was 15, I was staying at my mom's house for the weekend. My parents are divorced, so it was just me and her. It was about 12.30 a.m., and I was just chilling in the living room watching TV while my mom was asleep. The living room had two windows that faced the front yard, and I often left the curtains open as the house was set back from the road. My mom's house was not in the best part of town, but I had always felt relatively safe there. While I was watching TV in my PJs, I saw movement out of the corner of my eye from the window that was closest to me. It was only about four feet away. I turned and looked out the window. A man's face was staring right back at me, smiling the most hideous grin I had ever seen. I was frozen for about 20 seconds, just sitting there with my eyes locked on his. Suddenly, my panic set in and I leapt up from the sofa and tried to run to my mom. I slammed my right leg above my knee into the wooden coffee table and fell to the ground, my leg feeling like it was jelly. I scrambled up and shooting for my mom. My mom came running in half asleep wondering what was going on. I started stammering that someone was in the window watching me. Just as my mom was starting to realize what I was saying, we both heard someone attempting to open the front door to the house. Me and my mom both stood still, thinking that it was double locked. But then, when it stopped, my mother looked horribly grave and just whispered, The back door. She turned and bolted through the house and scrambling towards the deadbolt on the back door in the kitchen and backed away. She then ran to her room and pulled a baseball bat from underneath her bed that I knew she kept because she was a woman living alone. Frantically, she asked me to call the police, in which I did, whispering to the operator that someone was trying to get into my house. We then saw a shadow approach the back door quickly and trying desperately to open the door kicking and grunting while they tried to get in. My mother shouted, I have a bat and I will effing kill you if you try and get in this house. 
We've called the police and they are on their way. The person on the other side stopped and was still for about 30 seconds before turning and running away. My mom and I stood in the middle of the kitchen for the 20 minutes it took the police to get to us. The whole time, my mother had the bat raised and ready to strike. When the police finally came, they looked around the house. They found that the flowers outside the window were trampled, and there were several cigarette butts on the ground outside the window where I saw the man. No one in my house smokes, and the police assumed he had been there for a while. They didn't find him and took my description, but we never heard anything more about it. My mom moved away from that house a year later, even though we never had any other incidents. I now live in another country with my husband, who wonders why I have no desire to own a house and love living in high-rise apartments. I also pay for state-of-the-art home security and have a baseball bat in my closet, just like Mama. I have no idea what would have happened if my mother had not realized the back door was unlocked and had beaten the man to it, or if some reason my mother wasn't there that night as she worked late. I don't know if the man thought he could overpower two women living alone or if he was just trying to scare us. Whatever that man was intended to do, I pray he didn't find someone else who forgot to lock their back door. Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. This happened two summers ago, while I was house-sitting out in California for an older couple I had met at a conference for work. It had seemed like a dream scenario. The couple wanted to vacation in Hawaii for two weeks, but didn't want to board their cats, and I had been chatting with them about wanting to visit California again, where they happened to live, because I had loved it the first time I went and we figured that we could mutually benefit if I came out and house set for them. So I flew out there, and they showed me around for a few days, taught me how to care for the cats, two of them, one that was extremely shy and I barely saw, which is important later, and their plants gave me access to their house and cars. These people were seriously generous. And before I knew it, I had dropped them off at the airport and I was on my own. At first, it really was a dream vacation. I was staying in Oakland and making forays into San Fran, Sonoma, Monterey. In the mornings, I could walk out the front door and shortly be hiking the paths surrounding nearby Mount Diablo. And I was just ultra content with the world. I was so enamored by the area that I had actually started looking into taking some steps to relocate out there, even. But then, one day, about halfway through my final week there, when I got back to the house, I felt really odd. Almost like I shouldn't go inside. I shook it off and went inside anyway, because it was getting late and I needed to put out dinner for the cats. Once I was inside, I forced myself to ignore how off I felt, and I made some food for myself and went to bed, and was shocked to find the shy cat hiding under my bed and crying. This was the first time I had ever seen her close up. The entire time I had been there, up to that point, she never left my host's bedroom unless she didn't realize I was around. Again, I ignored the weird feeling and just assumed she had decided I was okay and went to bed. I did start locking my bedroom door at night, though. I also remember that about halfway through that night, I thought I heard someone walking around in the gravel outside of my window. But after listening for a bit longer, I didn't hear anything else and went back to sleep. The next day, in the morning, 
I still felt a little odd and kept up with my plans for the day. I drove out to a little music festival in Sonoma and went clothes shopping and had an overall great day. When I got back to the house, though, I found the front door locked in a way I hadn't left it. Basically, my hosts never locked the deadbolt, only the lower, second lock, and that's the only lock my key worked on, so I never messed with the deadbolt. But it was definitely locked, so... I had to call my hosts and find the hide-a-key, which, to their credit safety-wise, was buried like a whole foot underneath a bush outside and had definitely not been unearthed for a long time. So I used that, went inside, and kept the key with me, just in case it happened again. And it did, but with a different door. This time I had stepped out into the garage to get a drink and when I turned around to go back into the house, the door was shut and locked. I could use my normal key on that door, but I was still pretty bewildered. My own cats are whack, so I think in my mind I was trying to come up with a way the cats could be locking me out of the house, but I was coming up empty. I decided I must have been misunderstanding how the locks worked and just wrote it off and started checking and triple checking locks when I went out of the house or out into the garage. That night, when I went to bed, the really awful feeling of unease was still there, and so was the shy cat who was clearly unhappy to see me but also wouldn't leave my room. But again, I just locked my bedroom door and went to sleep. The next morning, I felt awful. Nausea, body ache. I had no desire to leave the house. So I decided to stay in and Netflix for the day. This vacation stay was like a full two weeks. So I didn't feel like I was in any hurry to get all of my touristy things done. Anyways. But as the day went on, I started to feel that feeling of wrongness again and it morphed into feeling incredibly watched. Around mid-afternoon, it got to the point that I was so uneasy that, even feeling awful, I decided to get out of the house for a bit to shake it off. I was getting a bit low on food, so I went to the grocery store and bought a couple food items that I didn't think would hurt my stomach. And as I started to leave the checkout, the cashier said the generic, Have a great evening and I just instantly started crying, shocking myself in the poor cashier, but I just had this intrusive thought that said, you might be the last person to ever say that to me. When I got to my car, I was still crying, and my entire body was telling me not to drive back to that house. I couldn't not, though, because I didn't want to neglect the cats, so I drove back, parked in the driveway, and convinced myself after about a half an hour, to just go open the front door. Once I did, I thought I would get over it and be able to go in and at least feed the cats, and then maybe I'd go get a hotel room after. But my body physically would not let me inside. It was like I was stuck in the entryway. I then made a deal with myself. I would yell into the house, saying I had already called the police and that they were on their way. In panic logic, I figured that would make anyone in the house leave. So I faced the inside of the house, looking down the hallways towards the bedrooms, and I did just that. The second I had finished saying, they're almost here, so if you want to avoid being arrested, you need to leave now. The light in my host's room turned on, and I heard some banging. I immediately hightailed it back to the car, called the police for real and proceeded to have a mental breakdown while talking to the dispatcher. Once they got there, they checked the house and didn't find anyone, but the double doors in my host's bedroom were left wide open. I'm so glad the cats didn't get out. And there was a pile of food wrappers in the corner behind the blinds, so they said it looked like someone had been there. What makes it so scary to me is that nothing was taken, and that based on the shape of the house, that would have been the perfect vantage point to see me in the living room as I stayed home sick. 
To explain this, the house was in a L shape and from the windows into the garden that were in the host's bedroom, we could see into the living room windows. Also, the minute the police were gone, they said they couldn't prove anyone was there. There were no signs of forced entry and we couldn't get a hold of my hosts immediately to verify if anything had been taken, etc. Which, once they were back, they verified that nothing had in fact been taken. So, they said they'd patrol a bit, but nothing else. The shy cat was right back in my host's bedroom, and I didn't see her again until I left to go back home. So, basically, I think the intruder had been there at least two days, forcing her to choose between two strangers and leading her to choose the one that was at least a little less strange. Me. It messed me up pretty bad, especially because they didn't catch the person and didn't seem to have a desire to look, and I still had to stay in that house for the next three days. Nothing else odd happened, and I didn't feel anything off for the rest of the time I was there, but the damage had already been done. I've never felt completely safe in a home without doing a complete search before bed since, but I am extremely glad my gut spoke up. I guess I'd rather have some residual anxiety than be dead. So, whoever was in my host's house watching me, I hope you get arrested, go to prison, and I never have to see you again. A few years ago, I was renting a house in North Carolina. The neighborhood was just outside the suburbs. It seemed like the perfect balance of having space and having nice neighbors close enough not to feel isolated. The area had no streetlights, so it was very dark at night, especially if there were clouds blocking the moonlight. It didn't bother me, though. It made my little house feel even more quaint on dark nights. I got home from work one day in midwinter. It was a cloudy night, so pulling up to my house, I saw only what my headlights and the front porch light illuminated. When I got out of the car, I caught a whiff of cigarette smoke. That was odd, as I had never smelled that before around that house. I didn't see anyone nearby, so I ignored it and went inside. I had just got off of a shift with a few hours of overtime, so I felt pretty tired. Even though it wasn't even seven yet, I decided to take a shower and call it a night. I woke up sometime later, sure that I had heard a noise inside my house. I wasn't worried right away because my friend would sometimes stop by to use my shower after work on his way to his night classes. I even gave him a spare key so he could stop by even if I wasn't home. He would always text me to let me know beforehand, though, and I hadn't heard my phone go off. I reached over to my bedside table and picked up my cell phone to see if my friend had sent me a text. The bright light from my phone screen and number pad blinded me. These were the days before phones had a light sensor that would dim the screen in the dark, and this particular phone was so bright I could use it as a flashlight. Through squinted eyes, I could make out that it was nine-something, but I couldn't tell if I had an unread text or not. I set my phone aside and called out my friend's name. There were a couple of seconds of silence before I heard loud footfalls as someone started running through the bottom floor of my house. I leapt out of bed and ran to the closet. They were already up the stairs by the time I had opened the door and stepped inside. The house had three rooms upstairs, two bedrooms on either side of the hallway, the one I was in and a spare, and a bathroom at the end. The bedroom doors were both closed, but the bathroom door was cracked open. I heard whoever was in my house thunder down the hallway past my door and into the bathroom. Thank God he did. That gave me enough time to open the attic access in the ceiling of my closet and hoist myself up. I had just started to lift myself up when the person ran back out of the bathroom. 
My feet were barely inside of the attic when my bedroom door burst open. I heard footsteps run into my room and stop. When they didn't see me in that room, they ran back to the hallway and into the other room, which just had boxes stacked in a corner, some weights, and a table where I painted my miniature models. I guess they decided that if someone were hiding, it would be in the bedroom, because they charged back into my room and turned on the light. A moment later, the closet door was ripped open. I was crouched in my attic just a foot or so away from the access, so I could try to stop them if they started to climb up. From my vantage point, all I could see was from about their knee down. They were wearing dirty blue jeans with frayed cuffs and worn work boots. After a few seconds of looking in the closet, they stepped away and I heard a loud crash come from my room, followed by a scream of frustration and anger. That scream was the most unnerving part of the incident for me. It reminded me far too much of my stepfather who would scream in a similar way when he lost his temper. He would eventually be put in a mental hospital for several mental disorders that resulted in erratic and violent tendencies. The man in my house ran back down the stairs. I heard crashes and clatters as things were thrown around and furniture was knocked over. I stayed crouched in the attic. I had left my cell phone when I ran for the closet and I wasn't certain I could climb down without him hearing. After some time, the noises stopped. I started counting slowly. When I reached a thousand, I decided it was safe enough to climb down and call the police. The first thing I noticed when I exited the closet was the intruder had flipped my bed over. I assumed in an attempt to find me. That was the loud noise I had heard after he stepped away from the closet. I couldn't find my cell phone, so I went to the landline by the bed and called the police. I waited in my room until I heard them call out from downstairs. The first floor was a mess, but I had expected that. Chairs had been knocked over, the sofa had been flipped, all the books, pictures, and knickknacks I had on my shelves were strewn across the floor. The cupboards in the kitchen had been opened and all the boxed and canned food had been thrown to the ground. As far as I could tell, though, the only thing missing was a single knife out of the wooden block in my kitchen. The police checked the house from top to bottom. They found that the side door had been forced open by something like a crowbar. They also found a few cigarette butts along my fence line, along with some foil and an empty pen tube, which the police say people often use to smoke meth. So they think he had been watching my house for a while. I realized that he must have been out there smoking a cigarette when I got home. They collected up the evidence and told me I should stay with family or friends that night and get that door fixed as soon as possible. I opted to just not sleep. I moved a shelf over to block the broken door and spent the next couple of hours cleaning things up. I would often go to the window with a flashlight and shine it along the fence where the police found the cigarette butts and foil, but I didn't see anything. The next day, I called to have the door fixed and motion lights installed at the back and sides of my house. I ran a phone cable up into the attic and added a landline. I never wanted to be stuck up there without a phone ever again. Nothing else happened at that house, though. I lived there another three years without incident. One more precaution I took was practicing getting out of my bed, going to the closet and climbing into the attic as quickly and quietly as possible. I even kept at it when I moved, except now I go to a crawl space at the back of the closet instead of the attic. I try not to think about what would have happened if I had been slower getting to the attic or if he hadn't gone into the bedroom at the end of the hall first. I apologize in advance, but these are two stories here. 
I, a 23-year-old female, grew up in a rural area in Ontario. It was the kind of place where you never lock the doors because you know everyone in town. The all-too-frustrating small-town mentality stayed with me once I moved into a big city for university. I got an apartment in a student area with a college nearby and plenty of bars within walking distance. I lived with a guy friend, Rody, who was a few years older than me from the same small town. I would go to the bars with him and his friends on the weekends and stumble home by myself at around 2 a.m. One night, on my way home, my neighbor, Kyle, and I met in the hallway, both headed to our own places. He was also drunk and so good-looking. He said hello and invited me inside. I ended up staying the night with him. He was nice, and it was a fun night, if not a little awkward. We didn't exchange numbers, and it didn't seem like we cared for anything to come of it, so I went home in the morning, and that was that. Fast forward to two days later. I was asleep in my bed, and my roommate was half asleep on the couch with the TV on. He heard a sound that might have been the door creaking open, but he ignored it in his tired state. A few minutes later, he opened his eyes to see a naked man standing right in front of him, lifeless and staring into his eyes. It was Kyle. Rody tried to talk to him and ask him what he was doing here, but he didn't respond. Rody ran to my room and said, Um, oddly moist, I think Kyle is here to see you. So I followed him out into the living room and saw a completely naked Kyle, staring at us with the most serious and concentrated eyes I had ever seen. I tried to talk to him and ask him to leave, but... Once again, he didn't respond. Instead, he went into our kitchen and opened the fridge. He proceeded to take our butter out and started smearing it all over his face and chest, saying nothing, and still with a completely serious look on his face. Rody and I ran to my bedroom to talk about what to do. While we were in my room, Kyle walked down the dark hallway that led to us and stood in the dark right before the light of my room could reach him. All you could see was his silhouette and he started whispering, Hi, oddly moist. Hi, oddly moist. Repeatedly. Rody and I ended up calling the police and staying in my room until they came and took him back to his house. They said he must have been on drugs, but probably wasn't a threat. I agreed I didn't think he was a threat, but I didn't sleep well that night, knowing he was a thin wall away from us in his apartment. Story number two. We forgot to lock our doors another time. I was at work and Rody was at home. I got a text from him that said, Please get home. Someone is here and I think you must know them because I don't. So I took an early lunch and came home to see what was going on. There was a man with greasy black hair so long it nearly reached his elbows. And he was pacing back and forth in our living room. Before I even got a chance to speak to him, I realized he was not mentally present. He would alternate between screaming at the top of his lungs like he was being murdered, and then he would cry and say things like, I can feel the pain and suffering of everyone in the world. I can hear the voices of the poor and tormented in my brain begging me to help them. I can't stand this suffering. Nobody understands my powers and ability to know about everything or everyone. I would chime in to politely ask, Do you know where you are? Or, What is your address? I, I can help you get home. And then he would scream at us because this was his house and he wasn't leaving. And he wanted us to stop judging him. After about 10 minutes of him rambling and pacing, he said his address to us, which is actually the neighboring apartment where Kyle lives. I knew Kyle had a roommate that I met named John, but apparently this was their third roommate. I went to his door and knocked, and thankfully, the roommate John opened the door and came to retrieve the rambling man. 
Later that night, John knocked on our door and I opened it to see him holding a bottle of wine. He wanted to thank us for handling the situation well and making sure he got home. Apparently, the man had recently been in a mental hospital and left on his own accord and walked into the wrong apartment. His parents came and got him, and he is back in the hospital, safe and sound. So, this just happened to us last night, and after no food and barely any sleep for the last 10 hours, I have woken up this morning ready to post about what last night entailed. My apologies if this is pretty long. We live in a court in an upscale neighborhood in a large city in the U.S. Our court faces the expressway and directly across from our house is a PG&E campus that has a pretty open field that you can cut through to reach the streets to exit the neighborhood and get back onto the expressway. My parents were out at a concert and my sister was at work and it was about 7.30 p.m. when I decided to head to my boyfriend's house who lives five minutes away. Now, before I left... I had this weird nagging feeling that I need to leave our living room light on, as well as the porch light. This will mean something later. So I left the lights on, got in my car, and drove off to my boyfriend's house. An hour later, I get a notification on my phone that the ring camera that is positioned at our front porch went off. I immediately knew something was wrong because I knew no one was supposed to be home for a while. So I open up the app and didn't see anything, and am waiting for the video to populate and see a guy in a black hoodie walking up to our porch, knocking on the door, then moving away from the porch back into the dark. Now, the way our camera is positioned, it makes it very difficult to see his face, but my dad was adamant the guy had a mask on. About one minute after that, I get notified and it shows the guy walking back up to the door, knocking a bit louder, then moving away from the porch again. At this point, I knew it wasn't a prank, so I let off the siren through the app, hoping it would deter him. But when I didn't see him in the camera, I knew he had gone through the backyard, so I called the cops. With the way the dispatcher was talking to me, it almost seemed like she thought it was a false alarm but I was insistent that someone was trying to break in. She asked me to drive back to my house, and once I got there, call them back. I felt like useless. I called back. They had no intentions of sending a cop to check out things. Why they sent me back, I have no clue. My boyfriend and I drive up to my house and don't pull up in the driveway, but park across from my house and turn off the car lights. I had left my sister's window blinds open. Thank God I did. I kept looking at that window from my car as I knew that was my only way to see into the house. And I dialed the cops again. 30 seconds into the call, I noticed flashlights through the window and I tell the dispatcher. I initially thought it could have been a car driving by from the other side of my house, but... That thought was shot in 10 seconds when I saw the silhouette of a man looking through the window. The moment I saw the silhouette, I yelled into the phone, Someone's in my house! Please! Hurry! The dispatcher told us to drive out of the court and park a bit away for safety while we wait for the cops to arrive. About a minute or two of us sitting in the car and checking behind us, my boyfriend yelled, I see him walking ahead, and we see a guy in a black hoodie holding a bag fast walking down the street to our right and hiding behind the shadows of the corner houses. We later put two and two together, and we think he left my house, cut through the PG&E grassy area, and tried to escape down the street, not knowing my car was parked there. I saw him, and I shined my high beam lights on him so he knew I saw him. And at that point, he started running towards a parked SUV that was parked in front of us the entire time. He got in the car and it immediately turned on 
and they started driving away. At that point, adrenaline kicked in for me, and I floored it to catch up with him while the dispatcher and my boyfriend were telling me to stop driving and park because it's not safe to chase after him. About 10 seconds after we park and the SUV is turning right, I see a cop pull up behind us, and I immediately rolled down my window and gestured to the cop that the guy is driving up ahead of us, and he floored it to catch up to him. The cop came back and told me that he missed him and didn't see which direction the guy fled, but we drove back to my house and were met by five more cop cars, a canine unit, and a helicopter hovering over the entire valley, trying to search for him. Turns out, the guy broke through my parents' window and focused his attention on their room and stole thousands of dollars worth of jewelry, including my parents' wedding jewelry, as well as my grandparents' and aunt's jewelry. My aunt passed away from cancer over 10 years ago. When he reached mine and my sister's room is when I had pulled up to the house because he rummaged through a bit of our stuff, but absolutely nothing was stolen from our rooms. The cops believed that I bought myself time to get home by leaving the lights on because he took extra time to ensure no one was home and that gave me time to pull up to my house and deter him before he stole more. They still haven't caught the guy, but I guess the house down, the street from ours, was broken into an hour before ours was, and a house about 10 minutes away from us was broken into a couple of hours after us. The cops believe the guy tried to blend into our neighborhood for that extra hour, so that he bought himself time for the cops to stop searching so he can move on. There were numerous reports of a suspicious SUV parked with its lights off in another surrounding neighborhood, just sitting there, which is why the cops believe he was trying to blend in and buy time. So, to the piece of shit who broke into our home, stole my parents' priceless jewelry, and made us live in fear. I hope they catch her slimy ass and we never meet again. It started when I was gone on vacation for a few days, about a year ago in November. I came back and the back door that leads into the stairs to the basement was unlocked. I had a roommate, Alex, who wasn't there very often because she was practically living with her girlfriend at the time and I just assumed she forgot to lock the door. We mostly use this door because it's closer to the side of the house that we park on. I let the dogs outside and then making sure to lock the door before going to bed. 3 a.m. hits and the dogs wake up and start pacing like they're nervous and are acting really weird. I calm them down and go back to sleep. Then they go insane at around 4 and I decided to let them out. I go to the back door and the door is slightly open. I freak out and call Alex. She has let friends crash in the basement before but she usually says something first. She says that she hadn't had anyone over. I decide to get the gun out of the safe and check out the basement. I grabbed a bat as well, and making one of the dogs come with me. I turn on the lights and notice that the blanket we keep on the back of the couch is laying on the floor, and the throw pillows are both on one end and have an indenting where it looked like someone had been laying. I head to the laundry room and I see that the washer and dryer have been used recently. There were clothes that were in the dryer, now on top of it. The laundry detergent bottle was also opened. As I'm heading back upstairs, I notice that the spare keys that we keep by the back door are gone. I call Alex to tell her what I found, and she decides to come over. She checks out her stuff and finds nothing missing, so she decides to just change the locks. She owned the house, so she could do this. A week or so passes, and as I wake up to what sounds like creaking coming from the attic, I think nothing of it and just get up and start my night. I work night shift. As I am leaving, I happen to notice that the cover on the hole to the attic is crooked. 
I freaked out and text Alex to tell her what has happened, and she says that she will look at it when she gets off work. While I'm at work, I get a text from Alex letting me know that she didn't find anything off, and I'm probably still just paranoid from the other night. She says that since the locks were all changed, that there's no way someone could have gotten in without breaking something. I ended up moving out after the end of the year. She was having her girlfriend move in with her, and I was tired of being in that house. It became a regular thing for the back door to be unlocked, and I always heard sounds coming from up above. I would occasionally notice that the cover to the attic had moved as well. I also regularly found things would move around in the basement. I never went down there again without the dog with me. It took a few months in the new place to be able to sleep soundly once more. This happened last night and the night before. A little backstory first. I live in a not-so-safe area. The block I am in is okay, but if you walk down the street a block or two, you could get shot, offer drugs, be mugged, or much worse. When we leave the house, we head up a side street that usually gets us away from that trouble. Like I said, my block isn't bad. We all get along here. Most people on this block are related to each other, all but for my household. But even though we are strangers to the neighbors, they are still nice to us. The people right next door have dogs as well as a few other households. Again, we are the odd ones out in that department as well. The dogs only bark when someone is out on our block that doesn't live here. I have always felt safer because of the dogs. I live in a home converted into a duplex. When you walk in the front door, you are in the entryway, and then across the entryway, you see my apartment door. Then if you go up the stairs beside my door, you will find the door to the second apartment. The front door to the house has no lock mechanism at all. It's so tenants cannot lock each other out of the house. We can only lock the door to our apartments. When you come into the entryway, a motion-sensing light comes on. No one is currently living in the upstairs apartment right now. So, at this time, it's just me and my hubs, husband, living in the place. Two nights ago, hubby was in bed and I was watching TV. I was all relaxed and thinking about going to bed soon. It was nearly 1 a.m., Suddenly, I get this overwhelming, uncomfortable feeling. I felt hot and sick in my stomach, and I had the intrusive thought that I needed to check the apartment door to make sure it was locked. I tried to brush it off, but I couldn't, so I got up to look. Just as I got there, I heard someone open the screen door on the outer house door. I looked, and the door was locked. Then, I heard the actual door to the house open and someone step into the entryway. I was terrified. I know no one lives upstairs and my landlord said he would let me know if anyone was moving in. We don't get visitors this late or without a phone call first. Also, with this pandemic and social distancing, no one should be coming over. Then, I heard a click. I recognize the click as the sound the motion light makes when it turns on. Then I hear a male voice say, Oh shit! And the sound of someone running out of the house. I was shaking, terrified. I stood there trying to process what had just happened. From the time I heard the screen door open until a solid minute after the person ran out, I stood there froze. The neighborhood dogs were barking their heads off all that night, and they only do that if someone is around that they don't know. I think that someone who doesn't know that the house is a duplex attempted to let themselves in. The light, which is way too bright for that tiny entryway, came on and scared the person away. I woke up hubs, and we called the police. 
They said that since the person was not trying to get into the apartment exactly, they weren't coming out. The best they would do is drive by a few times. Yeah, real comforting. Last night, I was again up late. The dogs were barking like crazy yet again. At a little after midnight, I hear a noise. I mute the TV. I realize someone is pounding, not knocking, but full-on pounding on the outer house door. Not my apartment door, thank goodness. I was freaked out. I wanted to go in and wake up the hubs, but though better of it. There is a window beside the outer house door where he was knocking and that window is our bedroom window. Because Hubs was sleeping and the lights were on in the living room but off in the bedroom, I thought if I opened the door, the person standing on the porch hammering on the door would see the light and then know someone was here. And I was afraid to let whoever was out there to know someone was here. I sat here for over 10 minutes of banging. It was not stopping. I thought maybe it was the police because of the call I had made that night. Before. So I called the police, told them what was happening, and about what happened the night before, and about my call to them the night before. And then I asked could it be police at my door. He looked into it, and said that as far as he could tell, no whoever it was, was not police. He also said not to open the door. He said he was sending a policeman out, and if someone was still banging on the door, they would talk to him, and said he would call when he knew what was going on. The banging stopped about five minutes after hanging up with the police dispatcher, but I never got a phone call, so I don't know if the police ever showed up. Tonight, the dogs are already barking and have been for the past hour. My hubs decides that I am going to bed early and he is staying up. I doubt I will sleep anyways. I made him promise that no matter what he hears, he won't unlock and open our front door. If there was any more shenanigans tonight, I will update. Quick question, is it smart to not advertise the fact that we are here? Not having lights on in the bedroom and not going into the bedroom window to get a look at this guy. Or should we make clear that people do in fact live here? And who knows, it could have been two different people here on two consecutive nights at around the same time, between 12 and 1 a.m. I just hope to never meet this person face to face. Here's a quick update. Like he told me yesterday, Hubs stayed up later last night. So when I go to bed alone, I put the TV on. It helps me fall asleep. And as I said yesterday, our bedroom windows looks out onto the porch and is beside the outer door of the house. Well, the neighborhood dogs were barking like mad, but nothing happened. I am thinking they realized that someone was home and possibly awake. Normally, Hubs comes in to check on me, and if I'm asleep, he turns off the TV. But he left it on until really late. So, hopefully, they will not come back. My husband works a rotating schedule, so sometimes he works night shifts and other times he works days. Two days ago, he started his midnight shift rotation. I always feel uneasy at home when he's not here even though we live in the country, and it's supposed to be super safe out here. At around 9.30 Friday night, I was doing the dishes. My daughter was watching TV, and my dogs were sleeping. I had just turned the sink off, and I heard our screen door open. It made a swoosh kind of noise when it opens and closes. We have a little entryway between the screen door and the main door. A couple seconds after I heard the screen door, I saw the main door handle turn all the way down. It was an electronic keyboard lock, so the handle turns down when it's locked. I feel so lucky that I remembered to lock it. Immediately, the dogs started acting weird. They're running to all the windows trying to look out, and they're growling and barking. 
as much as I didn't want to, I looked out the window and saw nothing. No person, no car, just nothing. I picked up my daughter and took her to the bedroom and called 911. It only took a few minutes for cops to get here because I guess they were just in the area. I told them what happened and they looked around briefly and told me the wind opened the screen door and nobody was out there. Whatever. I live in the woods. The person was probably standing a hundred feet away watching them half-ass their search. I haven't felt safe here since. I've even started locking the screen door. It's not like the house looked empty. All the lights were on and the TV was playing a show. I can't even describe the deep down fear I felt when I saw that door handle turn down. I'm glad the dogs are very vocal and scary sounding. I think it deterred the person from trying any harder to get in. And that, dear listeners, brings a close to these true break-in horror stories. If you're sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you comfortably. If you're awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, please take care of yourselves, and I'll be reading to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or good night. Peace, love, and light to you all.
our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.